Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. Hey friends, welcome to episode four of Thousand Generations. Chad and Dan here. It's such a joy to continue this conversation with you. Dad, say hi to everybody. Hey everybody, how's it going? Awesome, awesome. Well, if you listen to these last few episodes, you know this last episode we walked through four major shifts, or we should say the progression of God revealing various dynamics of life in the Spirit, life in the kingdom to my dad. And because my dad is such a a father, not just my biological dad, but a spiritual father, a brother, an encourager of a leading voice for so many, really his journey has influenced countless other journeys, uh, obviously including my own as uh, as his son. So we, we talked about four major shifts, the, the revelation of that God can cleanse us and make us holy, number one. Number two, we, we talked about God's desire to heal us, that just like it says in Mark 2, which is, which is harder, forgive sins or tell the paralytic to get up, the, the fullness of the gospel, holiness and healing. Number three, we talked about being activated in the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, and then... Number four, what was number four again? We left off last week. Becoming love. Becoming love, where God even had dad change the name of his ministry from Dan Bohai Ministries to Becoming Love. This episode, episode four, is going to be called There Is More, part two. As soon as we got done recording the last podcast, I was like, oh my word, dad. We left off, I thought, one big one, and dad said, no, there's actually two more things that the Lord has been faithful to reveal as we've, we just set our heart to seek the Lord and to increase in wisdom and stature and grace with favor in God and man, as it says there in Luke 2 uh, about Jesus. Well, so we're never done. There's actually four more, Chad, so we may have to do a part three of there as well. Well, that's, that's fine. That's great. So, so in light of those four foundational realities, bring us into this next big thing the Lord imparted to you, well, d- deposited to your heart and how it impacted your ministry uh, go ahead, kick, kick us off. Well, I, I, I knew there was a reality that Christ was in all of us believers, right? Colossians one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But the hope was we let him flow out of us. Mm-hmm. Christ in you is a present tense reality, but hope mm-hmm. is a conditional word that are we willing to work with him so mm-hmm. that we don't confine him in us, but we actually let him flow through us to do what he's always desired to do, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I found this book. My friend gave me a book by Randy Clark called There Is More. It's obvious we're using the name There Is More for these podcasts, but it's a book on impartation. And I'd never Mm. heard impartation, but when I started studying the scriptures, you know, that people receive the Spirit by laying on of hands— Paul couldn't wait to get to Rome and, you know, Romans 111 and lay hands on them and impart to them a charismatic gift, you know, a mm-hmm. supernatural gift so they could be established. And so I actually read that book seven times. It was so impactful <laughs> to me. I'm kind of like, I don't like to leave any stones unturned. 
And so I read it seven times, and I started believing that the Spirit of Christ that lives inside of me, because I'm a believer, actually wanted to flow through me to touch those that I touched. And something started happening when I started believing that that was a real scenario. People would be instantly healed. Demons would leave instantly. Like I, I've laid hands on so many people where fear would never come back to them after I hmm. would touch them. Uh, physical bodies would be healed. But more than that, activation of words of knowledge or gifts would come. And a lot of times there were outward manifestations. Sometimes when I would lay hands on people, people would start shaking or they said they would feel really hot. Their face would get real red. Sometimes people would fall out in the spirit because they just felt the weight of God. Like there were so many different manifestations, but none of that happened until I got a revelation that the Holy Spirit actually wants to flow through all of us. And so I couldn't wait to get close to people. Now, here, here's what wow. happened. It was, so, it was so fascinating to me in the beginning because I didn't know what happened like it did. But, um, after several years of, you know, outward manifestations, because I would lay hands on people, I actually started feeling a little bit convicted, like that people were wanting me to touch them instead of Jesus to touch them. And so it was, a, it was an interesting journey, because at first I thought, man, I want I want to touch everybody, because if the power of God can touch me, I can tell you story after story of miracles and things that happened in our ministry financially, you know, I mean, just amazing things happen because of impartations. But what I want to say is I felt a conviction of the Holy Spirit after some years of practicing impartations that maybe I shouldn't lay hands on people for a season, but I should just pray prayers of impartation from the pulpit so that people would realize that the impartation isn't about a man touching them, but it's about God flowing through normal, ordinary vessels to touch people. It's so I mean, good. The, writer, the writer of Hebrews says that laying on of hands is elementary. Like the early church, they all laid hands on each other. And for some reasons, a lot of, you know, evangelical mainline denominations have limited impartation to like an ordination service. And I think that does it a disservice because I think God wants to flow through the body to encourage the body, to heal the body, to anoint the body. And we're all a part of the body. So, 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 so really quick. So my heart. I mean, I'm, God's moving right now as you're sharing, and I can feel, sense the Lord's presence uh, literally in my body as you're sharing. Um, that's not worth anything, but it's just neat. But this is Paul's burning desire. Why does he want to go to Rome? I want to, Romans 1, I, I long to impart grace. I've got, there's a grace the Lord's given me. When, when, he, when he blasted me, when he appeared to me in Acts 9, when I saw Jesus and he, the Father revealed the Son in me, Galatians 1, 10 through 16, there's something I have to impart to you believers that don't know me personally. I mean, he's so zealous, not in arrogance, but he just knows how it works, that each of us carries a measure. 1 Peter chapter 4 talks about each of you should use whatever gifts you've received to administer God's grace in its various forms. And so it's not just the anointed man, although you are, and there are anointed men and women and ministers who have specific callings, but what if we all were able to do this sort of Matthew 10 paradigm, Matthew 10, 7 and 8, freely I've received and freely I just want to give whatever God's deposited to me, I want to give it to you because I didn't earn it. 
And certainly it's not mine to keep and hoard to myself. And so I just, I love that God deposits. I remember when that shift happened. I really do in your life. And I've seen that copy of There Is More by Randy Clark. It, it got worn out. And so I love this. So after this, this insight, this deposit of there is more, and then through this, this, this lens of imparting, imparting what, what God has deposited to you, where, where did the Lord take you next after that? Well, after, after impartations, and then that was about the same time that the Lord started telling me to become love. That was the number one thing of Christianity is to become love, because as he is, so are we in this lifetime. And First John 4, 8 says, God is love. And if we don't love, we don't know God because God is love. So, so that was going on about the same time. But there's been several great paradigm shifts since then. The next in line, Chad, would probably be the result of a dream God gave me about a year and a half ago based on Matthew 12, 43, where hmm. it says, you know, when a demon leaves a person going and trying to find arid places to find a place to rest, but it finds none. So it comes back and finds the place of the house swept, but unoccupied. So mm. it goes and seven more spirits, wickeder, more, you know, more deceptive than it is. And it comes back and the last state of the man is worse off than before he got delivered. And then the Lord, I had a dream about that. And I woke up and the Lord said, that was me. And I said, what does that mean? It's me. And he goes, I've anointed you to preach the gospel. And you walk in an anointing where people get forgiven and baptized in the spirit and sanctified and healed physically, but you haven't been willing to lead people through deliverance and teach them how to stay free. And he convicted me wow. of that. And so I bought a Bible and I dedicated the Bible actually to Isaiah 53, 5. Okay because there's actually four lines in that great passage that describes redemption. The first line covers our forgiveness of sins. The second line covers our sanctification or our cleansing of our nature, our desires. The third line talks about the well-being or the peace or the deliverance of our mind from depression and anxiety and demonic oppression. That's line three. You know, he was, he was uh, wounded the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And then line four is our physical healing. Okay. I never focused on line three. So I got a Bible. I dedicated it to that verse and line three specifically. Cause Chad, it's, it's so funny. I memorized one time over 600 verses that had to do with line two, the sanctification line. And yeah. I memorized over 25 verses that had to do with forgiveness or justification line. And I actually put to memory one time 243 verses that had to do with physical healing. But I never wanted to approach line three because I thought deliverance was too messy for church settings. I thought it was too messy and too time-consuming. I thought, no, that's for the deliverance ministries. And God told me that the greatest need in the church wasn't just forgiveness and sanctification and mm. physical healing, because if you don't get a person's mind set free— they're only doing as good as their soul. And, you know, third John first two says, may you prosper and be in health mm. in all things, even as your soul prospers. And if I can't teach people how to get free in their mind or their soul, so their mind agrees with their heart or their spirit, then everything that we experience in redemption is temporary because we're only doing as good as our soul's doing. And so I've learned that there are 16 different spirits, the Bible lists, that have assignments like the spirit of fear, the spirit of pride, the spirit of jealousy. There's 16 of those, and they yeah. all produce specific fruits. 
But the good news is all of us children of God have authority over them. Come but on. We just never have, we've never been taught that we have authority to get rid of these stupid demons and get them out of our mind, get them off our body, get them out of mm. our house, get them off our family. And mm. I never was taught that, but I found it woven all the way through Scripture. Mm. And mm. I know, Chad, here's, here's the crux of the matter. Well, what's so interesting, before you go deeper, the crux of the matter, stop right there. Is not the the one thing we're called to renew in the new covenantal reality of the, is the mind. Your hearts, right. like, like read Hebrews 10, you're made holy. I got goosebumps again. I mean, there's like definitive things that happen when you are in Christ, when you, through repentance and faith, and you're trusting him with, with your sin, for your salvation, for your sanctification to make you holy, that you stand in that Romans 5 grace, you have peace with God, with self and others. There is the ongoing work of be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The attitude, that's Romans 12, and then Ephesians 4, the attitude of your mind. And then Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, verse 6, that was verse 5 and onward, that was in Christ. So it is fascinating that the mind, this realm of thought and emotion, etc., is what was something that the Lord was so faithful to give it to you in a dream. It's always been in the Word, like we talk about. But this is, we've heard the, you know, the cheesy one-liner, the battles between the ears, but that's actually true. And so continue to go, just as you, as you talk about this work of the house swept clean, the, the, the spirit of leaves, but to fill the mind, right? Philippians chapter four, verse eight, like think about these beautiful, true, lovely, excellent, noble, et cetera, things. Like continue to go a little deeper about how you've seen people set free when you've, when you've helped give them tools how to renew their mind. So a couple of the key verses that I would always use as go-to verses are John 8, 31 and 32, where, where he just says, my disciples are those who continue in my word. And then the next verse says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now it doesn't say truth sets you free unless you know it. There we go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, and we continue to put the Word of God in our mind so that we can know the truth and the freedom that our spirit or our born-again sanctified heart is experiencing can start becoming the freedom that our mind's experiencing because the same power of the Word that is truth that set our spirit free in a moment usually takes a lifetime to keep our mind free moment by moment. That's the difference in, in the redemptive work of Christ. He left the mind up to us to partner with him in laboring, in continuing to fill with truth, continuing to mine the nuggets of truth and revelation, because every time you get a new revelation, another lens comes off of your heart and your mind where you get a clear shot of Jesus and you become what you look like. I know faith comes by hearing the word of God in Romans 10, but your faith is made perfect by seeing God in Romans 12. And so Jesus, now here's, here's the crux. This is, what, this is what I wanted to get to, Chad, as we kind of turn the corner on this part two. Jesus's ministry was this. It's Acts 10, 38, where it says, you've heard of Jesus of Nazareth, who went hmm. around doing good. Hmm. And this is what that, what does that look like? Well, this is what it says. Healing everyone that was oppressed of the devil. Mm -hmm. because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and God worked with him. Jesus never went around getting rid of demons until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. 
when he was mm. when he was baptized by John the Baptist. As soon as the Spirit came on him, that's when he went around destroying the works of the devil. First John three eight. He never did any of that until he got the Holy Spirit baptism on him, where he got the impartation of power on him, so he could go around doing what he was sent to do: heal everybody because they're oppressed of the devil. So I know Chad in Jesus's ministry that of the forty one stories of healing miracles or those type of miracles, 50% of them, Jesus got rid of demons first before they could experience the physical healing. Wow. The breakthrough. And so it's not always a demon in the moment, but I promise you demons are behind everything that's wrong in the human race from the beginning because there would have been no death, sickness, disease, poverty, brokenness, sorrow, unless Satan would have deceived the first man and woman. We wouldn't have had any issues. So the bottom line is Satan's alive. He's real. He's not in some third world country, but we have authority over him. And yes. so we should not fear him, but we should we should also not be unaware of his schemes. And That's so there, there's two extremes, Chatty, in the body of Christ. One is demons aren't real. It's all psychological. So just forget about it. And the other is demons are all powerful. We need to be careful. We need to be afraid. Neither one of those is right. We live in the reality of 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in you than all the demons that are in the world. And so that's that's it. And so that's so now that's I phenomenal. spend my now I spend most of my time focusing on deliverance for people because miracles come so easy when the demons leave. Hmm. Healing comes so easy. If you can get rid of demons, physical healings are easy now. And so, and just a, and a quick little caveat for those listening, the, 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 uh, I want to underscore it again, the promises of Luke chapter 10, 18 and 19, for you can look up this verse later, and Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Ephesians chapter 1, same spirit that raised Jesus is in you. The believer in Christ has authority over every demonic oppressive spirit, every lie. So be encouraged, beloved, that yes, you, you, you're you always invited to experience greater levels of freedom in your mindset and your thinking and your attitudes and the formation of your character. But we are seated with Christ in a position of authority over the principalities and powers and every demonic force. I mean, just just the, the the promise of being seated with Jesus alone should unlock a realm of confidence, not cockiness, but confidence and courage that in him, he's got the keys of life in, in Hades, right? Revelation 1.18. And he's given us that authority. He's put that in us and he's anointed us, 1 John 2.20, with that same spirit. And so be encouraged, beloved. We are in a battle. We are. There's a real enemy who manifests in different ways, especially in the realm of thoughts. But you and I in Christ have authority to walk, not just in a little freedom, but increased freedom from glory to glory to glory. So dad, as we, as we close, we're definitely gonna have to do There Is More Part 3, because I've got other questions about the differences between possession, oppression, influence. So I know we're just starting these, but we're trying to keep them around 20 minutes. So dad, can you just you talked about impartation. Could you just pray us a prayer of impartation over us in the in these realms we've just unpacked? Father, I just thank you for this privilege of being with you and my son in these podcasts. This is a thrill of a lifetime to be able to do this in your name, Jesus. 
So I ask that the Holy Spirit would pour out on all those that would listen to this podcast now. I ask that the anointing would rest on every man and woman, boy and girl, that's hungry to walk in a greater power, greater intimacy, a greater gifting of the Holy Spirit. I pray for a fresh baptism of the fire and power of God. I pray for an activation of the gifts of the Spirit. And I pray that miracles will be released right now as I pray this impartation prayer that everyone listening to Thousand Generation Podcast would receive a charismatic gifting to establish them in these times that we live in so that they're immovable and unshakable as they walk in their authority. And I, Father, Father, I pray that you would lift the veil and give us deep revelation in the authority we have that demons are real, but we have authority and we can tell them to go and they have to obey us because we have the authority. They don't have authority over us. We have the word of God. We have the sacrifice of Jesus. And we have the blood of Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for this, for this broadcast. I thank you for your revelation. I thank you that greater are you in us than everything in the world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, you guys. We're so excited. Part three of There Is More next week, so be on the lookout. Bless you. If this has been a blessing to you, we'd love to have you share it on your various social media platforms. Subscribe to the podcast, whatever your platform. Leave a comment or a remark that actually helps get the word out, however all the algorithm worlds work. But be blessed. We're so excited to go on this journey with you. We'll see you next time.